Um, I just want to warn you today is, is going to ask you a question that you're going to say, are you sure, Pastor, you want to ask me that question? How many of you watch TV? Half-hour TV programs we watch, it seems like, you or an hour TV program sometimes, um, seems like that uh, they come up, they present a problem, first part of the, the show, and then when 30 minutes is over, it's all solved, done, and over with, right? Well, I promise you that's not how life works, is it? <laughs> Our problems are way too complicated to actually get solved in 30 minutes or so. Okay? So I want you to sit back with this sermon, and we're going to, I gave you, I gave you some scripture verses that we're going to look at, but I want you to let this sermon marinate in you, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning, because the things that we talk about aren't really things that are going to be solved within the the content, well, within the time frame of this sermon. Okay? We have issues in our lives that are way more complicated than a 30-minute or a 40-minute or even an hour sermon, or in this case, maybe an hour and a half. Kidding. Um, sermon will we'll, we'll do away with. Only God can move in the problems of our, of our lives. Amen? But there's a question. I have a question for you. And here's, here's the question. Are you ready for it? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. You ever feel like this thing that we call Christianity isn't working? Now, you may look at me and you say, man, that's a weird question to ask, Pastor. That's a weird question to ask. Do you feel like the way that you are serving Jesus and following Jesus and trusting God, it just isn't working the way that you thought it would. I mean, if you're real honest, you might say something like, you're burned out. You're burned out over the busyness of, of church or, you know, you, you wonder why and, and you may have felt like why God doesn't answer your prayers the way he answers some people's prayers. And you might say something like you're doing everything right. You're trying to be good. You're trying to do the right things. You go to church on Sunday. You feel like you're trying to pray. It just doesn't feel like you're, it's going anywhere sometimes. But it just feels like everything is still going wrong. Does it ever feel like this is not working? Now, it could show up in, in the lives of people in, in very different ways. I mean, you know, if you go to church, you read your Bible every day, you're part of the Bible engagement program, you know, and you've got that uh, streak going with reading your Bible, or, or you listen to WRBS or one of the other Christian radio stations, um, you know, and, and you, know, you, you, you come to church and you, you check in on Facebook and you know, you actually have one of those follow me to Middle River Assembly of God magnets on the back of your car. I know they're old, but hey, they're still there. 
And it's like, you know, you have a decent job and you have, you have a decent place to live and you have a decent car, you have decent friends and you may even get, you know, go on, on a nice vacation and you're serving God, but you're still not happy. You're still not fulfilled. And you ask, you know, is this really working? If you've ever been there, if you've ever done that, if you've ever wondered, is there a better way? Is there a better way? I hope that this message this morning speaks to your heart if you're hurting, if you're overwhelmed, if you're confused, if you're, if you're discouraged. I pray the words that, that come from John chapter 14, these words of Jesus would speak to you And we're going to be reading from verse 1. And and I pray that they speak to your heart and show you that there is a better way. Jesus said this, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are, are many rooms. Some translations said many mansions. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Man, that's beautiful, isn't it? Praise God. Jesus continues and he says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Then Thomas Thomas gets a bad rap, but, you know, Thomas says some things that everybody else is thinking. You know, that's all. He just gets a bad rap, and I like Thomas. Thomas says, he says, Jesus says, you know where I'm going, and Thomas says, oh, we don't. Lord, we know where you're going, but how do we know the way? Everybody say the way. way. Okay, Jesus answered Thomas and said, it's a very famous, very important verse. Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This sermon is called A Better Way. Let's pray. Father, we ask by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would speak the truth of your word to our hearts. That you would lead us, not just in the truth of Jesus, but also in the ways of Jesus. Lead us, God, your children, to a better way. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you would agree with me that the way you do something or the way you say something matters? Right? I mean, if you do it in a way that if you say something in a way that is um, ineffective or even rude, you can say two different. You can say the same thing two different ways, and it has two different meanings. 
I mean, you know, you, you say the word uh, or the or the phrase, um, let's let's go eat, Grandma. You know, let's go eat, comma, Grandma. Let's drop that grandma. Let's let's drop the comma. Let's go eat grandma. You get the difference there? Same phrase, same words, two different meanings. Okay. I mean, how many of you have ever ever uh, seen some crazy mean Christians do this? I know it's an oxymoron, crazy mean Christian. It's an oxymoron, but they're crazy mean Christians. They they tell you the truth, like. Jesus loves you, you sinner. I mean, yes, it's the truth. Jesus loves sinners. But the way you say it, you know, it's like, it's not effective. The way we say things matters. And and you actually learn about this when you're married. You learn it a lot. The way matters. As, as Christians, I don't know if you've noticed this, but generally, we, we think, when we're thinking of Jesus, we're thinking of the way, the truth, and the life. We generally focus on the truth. At least preachers, when they, we, truth, we, we preach about the truth of Jesus, which is important because the truth of who Jesus is, the truth will set you free, amen? I mean, I just preached about it. You know, the most important question that you will ever answer is, who do you think Jesus is? And the truth about who you say Jesus is matters. That's very important. But we rarely talk about Jesus the way or the way of Jesus. Yes, Jesus is the only way to the Father. And that's one great way to preach it because there is no other way. You cannot go through any other religious experience and get to Jesus. There's a lot of people who, who, who will say that, man, all roads lead to Rome and all religions just point you to God. But that is not the truth. The truth of the matter is the only way to get to God is through Jesus and who he is and his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's the only way. But what about the way of Jesus? The way he lived. Now I'm going to play a little Bible trivia just for fun. And, and if you know the answer, don't shout it out. Just, just kind of pretend that later on you know, yeah, I knew the answer. I knew it all along. You know. Just don't shout it out, okay, if you know the answer. But what do you think the first Christians, the first century Christians were called? When you think, you go into the book of Acts. There was, a, there was a title or a little phrase that they were the first century Christians were called. And I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Christians. They weren't called the religious people. They weren't called Bible thumpers. They weren't called holy rollers. They weren't called Jesus freaks. Does anybody know what they were called? These spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, demon-crushing, self-sacrificing world changers, according to the book of Acts, were called people of the way. People of the way. 
As a matter of fact, when Christianity first sprang out, they were viewed as being like a sect of Judaism. All the first Christians were Jews. All of them. They met in the synagogue. They were Jews. The, that sect that the people saw them as was, was called the way. It was called the way. And the people that followed Jesus, those first Christians were called people of the way. And when you think about it, the way that Jesus lived, I mean, you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you just don't look at the truth that he taught, but look at the way that he lived and, and compare the way that he lived with the way that most of us live. Often you'll find that there's a very big difference from the way he lived and the way we live. I mean, think about the way that Jesus lived. When he interacted with people, he was full of joy, most of us are full of stress and anxiety and a lot of anger. You don't believe me? Those of you who are on Facebook, look how much anger comes out of Facebook. Read Twitter, or better yet, don't read Twitter. A lot of anger, a lot of hatred, you know? You didn't see him going around going, man, the economy is going to fall apart, the Roman government. What did he say about paying taxes? He said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Render unto God what is God's. Man, you hear a lot of preachers nowadays preaching against the government. Read the Bible. We have stress about tomorrow. Jesus didn't stress about tomorrow. God's already there. He's got it covered. Most of us are freaking out all the time. You know, you, you may not realize this, but we are living in one of the most anxious periods in history. There is more anxiety in the world today than ever before. But what did Jesus do? Jesus, as he walked along, when he saw somebody in need, what did he do? He stopped. As a matter of fact, people would get upset with him. His disciples were kind of like his entourage. Come on, Jesus, you don't have time for this. You know, let's keep going. Jesus would stop and he would talk to people and he would minister to people. He would pray for people. He would heal people. He stopped a funeral one time just to raise the little boy from the dead. He was always stopping. We're always going. I heard somebody once say that Americans have all the clocks in the world but never have time. We all have clocks all over the place. I have one here. I have one on my phone. Praise God, I took it off the back wall. We have all the clocks in the world but we never have any time. But Jesus, man, how many of you have ever, have ever heard somebody say, man, I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
He was consumed with ongoing intimate fellowship with his father. He spent time. Here's God in flesh. Spent time. An immense amount of time praying in intimate fellowship with God the Father. And we can't spend three minutes without being interrupted by a tweet or a text or a phone call or our mind wandering on what we're going to eat for dinner. What we got to do next. Don't sit there and polish your halos and say, Pastor, that's just you. Talking real, right? I mean, imagine, imagine if Jesus were much like, like most of us. I mean, picture it. And Jesus living like in today. Imagine, imagine if he were like most of us. Imagine him all depressed going around with his buddies always going, Hey, man, Mark, man, I'm sick of these sandals, man. They hurt my feet. My feet are always dirty. Man, I need some, I really need a pair of Yeezys. Now, most of you don't know what Yeezys are, but hey, okay, there's these cool new shoes. But man, you know, be, man I, I could just go out and preach. The crowds would come, you know. Imagine if he was strolling through Instagram. He's like, man, JTW, that's John the Baptist. JTW, man. That guy's got more followers than I do. I don't even understand. He's not even... Worthy to untie my Yeezys. Jesus heals people. He comes home, man. Man, I am so exhausted. Man, that one guy, his breath was so bad. Man, he's just driving me crazy. It's hard to imagine Jesus being like that, right? Because he had a better way. He is not just the truth and the life, but he is the way to the Father. And the first century Christians were focused on living and loving the way that Jesus lived and loved. When you think about the way that Jesus interacted, you ever notice when you read Scripture... And, and he'd go somewhere where he was always walking along. He, he never hurried. He never scurried. From one town to the next, he always like took his time. I'm rushed everywhere I go. And I hate to say this, I rush my family sometimes. Are you, are you anxious about something? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> Why do you keep looking at your watch? No, it's okay. It's okay. Come on, Pastor, let's speed this up. Man. Got things to do today. We're rushed. You never read about Jesus hurrying up. And, 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 and the, the biggest thing that I've noticed is 
It seems like I'm in a hurry to become a person I really don't want to be. I really don't like. Could we all say that? That we're always rushed, we're always anxious, we're always pushing it, always short with people, and, and the more, the more, the better, the better, the faster, the faster we go, 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 go. Tina and I were, uh, okay, this will be two Starbucks, okay, two, four, I don't know. We, we were folding clothes, and it's funny, I said something to her while we were folding clothes. And I don't do this often. I don't fold the clothes often, but that's my fault, okay? Don't look down on me, okay? <laughs> we used to do it all the time together because we had to go to the laundromat. So while things were, you know, getting done, you know, we'd go over to this table and we'd fold all the clothes before we took them home, you know? And, and, and I was kind of sitting there thinking, man, that seemed just like a simple, I think I said something to you. That was like a little bit more simple time for us. You know, we weren't as busy as we are now. We weren't as rushed. We made less money, but we weren't stressed about it as, as much. You know? And, and, and it's, I was lighter. I mean, yeah, obviously, I, mean, I, I was lighter, but my spirit was lighter. My soul was lighter. I, it seemed like in the context of things, we were happier. It was a, just a little bit more different time. Had more time to uh, engage with people and, and, you know, enjoy the presence of God. And now I'm rushing and I'm always thinking about, you know, where am I going to be next? What am I going to do next? What what. What am I preaching out? You know, and I, I'm, I'm thinking about these things. And, you know, and, and sometimes I wonder, and I'm not, the, I'm not the one that came up with this phrase, and I don't know who did, but I often wonder if doing the work of God might be destroying the work of God in me. You understand? Is... It, it, are, are you spending so much time doing the work of God that you're not allowing God to work in you? Because we're always doing instead of God allowing God to work. Is, is, our, is, our, is our schedule, is our, our pace destroying intimacy with God that, that he wants to have and enjoy, wants us to enjoy with him. Or, or maybe it's our insecurities or our hurt feelings or our unreserved hurts or our deepest fears. Are we, are we allowing that to distract us from the work of the Holy Spirit who wants to strengthen us and draw us closer to God and make us more effective in the world? Are we so worried about COVID and the finances and the economy and jobs and religion and politics and all this stuff. Are we allowing that to come between us and God because our pace is so quick? We push harder. We do more. We think that that's the way of success. 
It's the way we get ahead. It's the way that we to be happy. We push and drive. We achieve. We conquer. The world says that you're getting things done. And then you say, yeah, man, I'm doing it. But is it right? Or what we doing, the way we are doing things, the way we are living, the way. Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says, there is a way. Everybody say, there is a way. There is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. But what does Jesus say? What does Jesus the way say? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 says, these are the way, this is what Jesus said, okay? He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. So if you got too much to do, if you're so burned out, worn out, wondering where, where, where Christianity is, it says, come to Jesus. He says this, I will give you rest. Now, let me warn you, the rest of it gets a little weird. He says, I will give you rest. Then he says, what? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me if you're worn, worn out. And I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke. Now, if you don't know what a yoke is, this is just kind of weird. Because a yoke is a wooden piece that actually binds two animals together to work together. To accomplish more. Okay? When they were joined, they had to work at the same pace. One couldn't pull ahead of the other. They worked at the same pace. And Jesus is saying, come to me and I'll give you a work tool. If you're exhausted, I'm going to put a work tool around your neck. And that just kind of feels weird, you know. I'm exhausted. You know, when, when I'm exhausted, I don't want more work. When I'm exhausted, I want a massage, a bubble bath. You know, I want to go on vacation. I want to find some place that has a hot tub. Now, not one of those communal hot tubs. You know what I mean. I don't want a tool burden around my neck. What's interesting about a yoke is there's no such thing as a single yoke. There's two. A yoke will join two animals together. And Jesus is saying, if you're worn, if you're worn out, if you're burned out, if you don't know how this is working, come and join him. He said, I want to give you a better way to be. He doesn't want to just join into your schedule. Okay, Jesus, bless my schedule. I'm on the run 
24-7. I need things to do. I'm getting three hours of sleep a night, but you got to refresh me in that three hours. And I'll spend five minutes with you on my way driving to work. This isn't about joining a church, joining a religion. This is about joining Jesus. This isn't about just believing the truth, which I hope you do. This is about learning to live the way that Jesus lived. And some of you might push back and you might say, hey, 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 Jesus wasn't a single mom with two jobs. Or Jesus didn't have any student loans. Jesus didn't work for my boss. Whatever it is, I, I'm with you. It's, that's fair. But Jesus did have a pretty big assignment, didn't he? I mean, he was perfect. He came to save the world. I think he has something to teach us in the way to live. He was without sin. And he was here to give his life. And Jesus loved freely and still disconnected from the crowds in order to be alone with God his Father. He had long meals with the people that he loved. He had some of the deepest conversations that people could ever have. And he stopped to listen and to love those who were hurting. And yet, he accomplished when he, right before he died, what did he say? It is finished. There is a better way. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There is a better way. His name is Jesus. We all know the 21st Psalm. David wrote it. One of the most popular Bible verses that anybody will ever read because it's read at almost every funeral. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I want you to see that. He makes me lie down, David said, in green pastures. I've learned this. You can choose to lie down or he'll make you lie down. You all know what I'm talking about. You go, 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 go. I've, I've experienced this a couple times in my life where I'm working, 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 working six days a week, 10, 11, 12 hours a day. Prepare for Sunday, go Sunday, Sunday, go, go, go. And what does my, what does God do? He tells my body to just start slowing down. I get sick. I'm not as good as I should be. And God says, 
you're done. You gotta stop. What I've discovered is in scripture, the Bible never says to be busy. Rush around and know that I am God. The Bible doesn't say be rushed and know that I am God. Be hurried, be anxious, be overwhelmed and know that I am God. But what does he say? The Bible says be still and know that I am God. In order to be still, we have to stop. There is a better way. So my invitation to you is an invitation that comes from Scripture. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. It's not about joining a church. It's not about joining a religion. It's not even about doing all the right things or saying all the right things. It's about coming to Jesus and he will give you rest. You don't have to earn it. We don't deserve it. It's a gift. Take his yoke. Be joined with him. Do life with Jesus guiding you, and he will find you, and you'll find rest for your soul. Come into his presence. Come into his presence and find rest for your soul. Let's pray. Holy Father, I praise you and thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you, Lord God, because your word is truly the bread that we need. Our daily bread, the way we survive, is through your word. Holy Spirit, I praise you and I thank you for speaking it into our hearts today. Now empower us to apply it to our lives. Help us, Lord God, to think of all the ways that we can go when we really really know that the only way is Jesus. Help us to live life Not the way that we want to, Lord God, but the the way that you desire for us. The way of Jesus. Help us to be loving and compassionate towards those around us. Help us not to look at interruptions in our day as things that slow us down but help us to see them as opportunities to give you glory, to give you honor, and to praise you. I thank you, Lord God, that we have an invitation to come and put that yoke that Jesus has upon us.
And Lord, as we come and allow him to come beside us, help us to learn from him. Help us to learn the way that Jesus wants us to live. Thank you, Lord. I want you to continue praying this morning. But if you're watching us on the internet or if you're here this morning and you feel like, man, you've been rushing around, you've missed something, you've, you, you're missing out on this, this help from Jesus. You don't know what it is to to have Jesus come beside you because you don't know Jesus. The invitation there is to follow him. The invitation is there. All you have to do is believe in him. See, God, God knows all of this stuff that's happening in our lives. He knows every single thing that we've done wrong. There's a word for that. It's called sin. Anything that displeases God is sin. And that's what separates us from God. That's, that's what keeps us from having a relationship where Jesus can come beside us and help us. All we have to do is ask for forgiveness of that sin. you see that sin costs something. It costs us a relationship and the only way that we can build that relationship is through the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for us, took our place so that our separation with God would no longer be there. He paid the penalty, the cost. And all you have to do is put your hope Put your trust in Jesus. Ask him for forgiveness and he will forgive you. He will help you. He will bear that burden with you and he will give you rest. And if that's you this morning, would you just repeat these words after me? Believe them in your heart. Just don't say the words, but believe them in your heart. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I've been doing this my own way. But I need your help. Jesus, I come to you wanting to do it your way. So forgive me of my sins as I put my trust in you. I believe you died on the cross in my place. And you were, you were put into the grave and you rose again. Forgive me. Help me, live, help me to live my life for your glory. 
my life is yours. Help me to put on your yoke and do life with you. I invite you, Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who have prayed that prayer. And Lord, help them to feel the, the lightness of their journey now. Help them to feel that burden of sin come off of their life. And let them realize that they are now saved. Lord, doing life with Jesus is such a privilege. Help us to grow. Help us to grow in our knowledge and in our grace. And Father, help us to grow in our faith with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you need any help in your walk, in your Christian life, best way to do it is, number one, read the Bible and pray. Yes, those are two things, but they're both number one. Read the Bible and pray. Second thing I want you to do is to find a place where you can get engaged with the Bible. So if you can come out on Wednesday nights, we're going to be doing that. Amen. We're going to be going, reading the Bible, um, doing that together. So if you're watching us online and you live in the eastern Baltimore County region or east Baltimore, we're in Middle River. We're right off of Route 40, three miles outside of the Beltway. I think it's three miles. Pretty close. So come out and join us on Sunday mornings and on Wednesdays. Right now it's at 6 o'clock, but we're going to see how that goes. Um, just come out. Amen? And if you're not in the area, you can't join us. Contact us. Middle River AG at gmail.com. All of our contact information is in the description of all our videos. And we will help you find a place close to you so that you can join in and uh, grow in your faith. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Let me ask God's blessing upon you this morning before we leave. Holy Spirit, once again, we thank you for meeting us here, for being the agent of change in our lives through the blood of Jesus so that we can give glory to the Father. I ask now that you would empower us to live like Jesus lived in his way. Help us to be people of the way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.